0: Well, this morning we are going to start a new book and a study of a new book. So I'm excited to say we're going to start the book of Revelation this morning. I know you guys been waiting for that, been announcing it and kind of teasing you with that. So if you can turn to Revelation chapter 1, Revelation chapter 1, and we're going to get right into this this morning. It's our first study here. We're going to take about half the chapter here and make our way through this book. And we'll see how long it takes. I mean, I, I know last time we went through it, it might have taken seven months, a year. I'm not sure. I, got, I, I don't even know. But we're going to take our time. We're going to go through this, and we're going to really learn and, and study this book and how appropriate it is in the times that we live in, in this strange world with so many signs. And uh, uh, just, just I just see Christ is coming back soon. And so I think it's so awesome that we can get into this book and study this book at the current time we live in, you know, right now so let's begin with the word of prayer jesus thank you for this morning and thank you for continuing lord to protect us keep us healthy thank you for everyone here everyone connected online thank you that god that you are our god and we can trust in you lord and and we come to you under your shelter under your shield lord in all this strange world we live in with this virus going in and out and all around but i thank you god that for health and our safety right now, Lord, and we give you praise and all that. And so we ask, Lord, that you bless your word this morning. And as we get into this book, God, that you would give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying and understanding in our minds of what we're reading. And Lord, I just really want to hear your voice, God. I really pray for all of us, God, to be drawn to you, Lord, this morning. For God, you are the one we want to honor and you are the one we want to seek this morning. So anoint this time with your spirit, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I came across this article the other week, and it's where this Rabbi Yosef Berger is his name. Uh, He's from the King David's tomb in Mount Zion, Jerusalem. This was just the other week. He revealed his prediction that Jesus might return in 2022. He states and pointed out that there's two stars that might collide and create this blast that would be visible to the naked eye in the night sky in 2022. And Berger, this rabbi, cites now, he refers to this 12th century rabbi named Moses ben Maimon, or otherwise known as Rambam. I thought, well, that's an interesting name too. But anyway... That guy back in the 12th century had charted the appearance of such a light in aligning with the return of the Messiah. So kind of interesting is this, this rabbi is predicting and revealing his prediction this, in this thought that, oh, Jesus is going to return 2022. But then the article goes on. It, it, it talks to like astronomers and, you know, and, and, you know all of this and the and the. And the, um, uh, the I lost my thought, my my word here, but the 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 the, not the opportunity, but the. Um Anyway, that this might even happen. They're not sure. But the article also quotes Billy Graham saying, Jesus warned us against making precise predictions about his return. Only God knows exactly when Christ will come again to bring an end to the present world system. Jesus did, however, say that the world would grow increasingly confused and dangerous before he returns. He declared, and he quotes, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Nation will rise.'" Against nation, and that's Matthew 24 6 and 7. Well, I, as I was reading this article, I'm not sure of the stars colliding and all of that. I mean, certainly we're going to see some uh, uh, cosmic kind of things in the book of Revelation, but it is true that Jesus did say, right, basically in Matthew 24, 36, no one knows, right, the exact hour or time, right, when, when all these things are going to happen. Only the Father knows. He, Father knows. he says the, the angels don't even know. And, and Jesus himself at that time when he was saying this in Matthew, he didn't know. So, we, we, we know that, right? No one knows when it will happen. But, God does give us what will happen in that whole scenario when Jesus returns. And I'll tell you, I'm excited here today because we begin to study through the book of Revelation. And here in this book, God reveals the future events that surround the second coming of Jesus Christ. So, as we begin our study here in chapter one, I've titled our message Unveiling the Future. Unveiling the future, and that's our title. We're going to be studying Revelation chapter one, verses one through eight, just the first part this morning. and And our outline is this, and this is what we're going to see from the Lord. We're going to see the special message, the special greeting, and the special preview, and those are the three things we're going to see in our passage. And I believe what God is presenting to us in the Word of God right here. So let's get right into this the unveiling the future. And number one in our outline, we see that this is the special, uh, special message. It's a special message from God. And here in our first part, we're going to be covering chapter 1, verses 1 through 3 in this first section. So take a look with me here in these first three verses. It reads, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the things that must uh, soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John. Verse 2, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. And verse 3, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. And we'll stop right there. Now, we begin with what this book really is all about. John, the Apostle John wrote this, and he writes here, the revelation of Jesus Christ. So this book is really about the revealing of Jesus Christ. And I want you to think about that first and foremost. The the word revelation means to reveal, it means to uncover, it means to make visible, it means to unveil. And that's why we're having this unveiling of the future. This is this unveiling that this book is about. So the first thing I really want to put in your minds, and first and foremost about this whole book is this. Number one, Revelation is primarily about unveiling the full identity of Jesus Christ. I want you to know that that's what we're really seeing here, this unveiling of who Jesus really is. Now think about this in contrast to the gospel. It's like Matthew, Mark... Uh, Luke and John—they told the story of Jesus in his first coming. Right, he came humbly, born in a stable, lying in a manger, a baby boy. And what? He was clothed in humanity. Basically, he came as a a person, a human being. There was a glimpse of his glory on the the mountain transfiguration. Remember, he, he revealed a little bit about his full identity there to three of the disciples there on that mountain transfiguration. But Mainly, He came as a human being, right? And He came, what? To die, to be beaten, to, to suffer, right? Uh, uh, on the cross, to die on the cross for our salvation. And that was like the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But here in the book of Revelation now, we come back to Jesus now. And here in this book, this is about His second coming. And in his second coming, we're going to see Jesus in the pages of this book. We're going to see him in his full identity as Lord God, as, as, as God, as holy and righteous up, up in heaven. We're going to see, see scenes like that. We're going to see at the end, Jesus returning in victory, right? Conquering the world in his power and then establishing his kingdom, his rule and reign on this earth. We're going to get these glimpses here of the deity of Jesus in his all his majesty. So you can say this, the gospels were about his humiliation, but revelation is about his exaltation. So think about it that way. So number one, revelation, I want you to put in your minds that revelation is primarily about unveiling the full identity of Jesus Christ. You know, as this is the last book of the Bible, right? We know the Bible really, its focus is about Jesus, right? The prophecies in the Old Testament, the problem that... Was created with man sin Adam and Eve and all that happened. And God's relating to them and 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 to so all the prophecies of Christ and in the New Testament it's all about Jesus right and it ends with Jesus and for all of us seeing Jesus in all of His glory and deity holiness and majesty. So Revelation is primarily about unveiling the full identity of Jesus Christ. But number two here, Revelation is also also unveils the end-time events surrounding the second coming of Jesus Christ. Just like what I mentioned mentioned to you earlier. If you go on to verse 1, it says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave Him, to show His servants, look what it says next. The things that must soon take place. So it's this unveiling of the future of the end time. Revelation, the actual Greek word is uh, apokalupsis. And that's where we get our English word apocalypse right and for us our 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 definition today is like doom and end of the world that kind of you know cataclysmic kind of things and yeah a lot of people look at revelation oh the apocalypse and the coming of christ end of the world but the the greek word actually means this unveiling so it's this unveiling of the future time of things that are going to take place at the end of time notice here it says that um that must soon take place Now, this book of Revelation, it was written around 95 AD. Uh, It was way after Jesus died and rose again. And and John here is old now. And we're going to get into the background of that next time. But it was written around 95 A.D. And you might be thinking, well, well, why are we reading that might soon take place when, oh, it's like 2,000 years later, we're reading this book and we're reading it, it might soon take place. Well, that word soon is the Greek word where we get our word tachometor, tachometor. So, it's not so much speaking chronologically, like, oh, the next thing that's going to happen, but it's really talking about uh, the speed in which all this is going to take place. Matter of fact, just a note here as we go through the book of Revelation, it isn't necessarily all in chronological order. Um, John writes in, in sort of sets and subjects and, and sections and all. And, and we'll go over that as we go through this, and I'll try and make it clear and what, how they fit in the chronological order of end time events. But this word, when it says soon take place, soon is really about the speed in which all this will happen. In other words, you, 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 you can translate this this way. This will all come to pass rapidly. That's really the idea I mean, this is how I think of it. What happens when you, when you touch that first domino? Yeah, you have a whole domino, you know, are all set up. And you touch that first one, and it falls. What happens? It hits the next one, it hits the next one. It just goes... <sharp inhale> However, you've, you know, made that pattern with the dominoes. That's the idea. Once... It takes place, it's going to just, it's going to all come together. It's going to all come to pass. So that's the idea. The end time events and the things we're going to see here, really from chapter 4 on, are closely stacked together. And that's the idea and what he's saying here, John, that must soon take place, or, or what he's writing here. So, Revelation, was, and this is what we're going to see, the book of Revelation also unveils the end time events surrounding the second coming of Jesus Christ. But remember, first and foremost, it's about Jesus. And secondly, it's about those events of him coming back in all of his glory. And thirdly, this is what I want you to see, Revelation is a special, special I, don't know, I can't say that word, special message from God, that comes with the blessing. This is from the Lord here. This is a message to to you and I from God Himself. John tells us here, right? It says here in verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ, what we're reading right here, which God gave Him to show His servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending His angel to His servant John. So God the father gave to Jesus to give to uh, uh, his angels. We'll see. And sometimes there's an elder person who I'm not sure who's walking around talking to John too. And then give to John so John would write down. And that's what it's saying. So it's coming from the father to Jesus to the angels to John. And John is the one recording this. And that's why he says in verse 2, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ even to all that he saw. John's saying, I'm writing this down, and I bear witness that I said the that Jesus said these things, I saw these things, I'm I'm testifying. This is from God. What I'm writing down right here. And so God revealed it all to John. It wasn't some psychic power that John has. Yeah, he didn't have some seance, or he didn't like, oh, play with some crystals and he got this vision of the future. It was none of that. God Himself, Jesus came. Angels and messengers came and gave all of this to John. So really, God revealed this all. This is the special message from God. And because of that, it comes with a special blessing. And that's what he says in verse 3. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of prophecy. Blessed are those who hear who keep what is written for the time is near. So there's a blessing connected to this book. And I'll tell you, only in, it's the only book in, in the Bible that comes with this promise of blessing, this built-in blessing. And you know why? Because God is encouraging us to read it. God encourages us to study it. That's why. I'll tell you, some churches, they don't read Revelation. They don't get into Revelation. They say, well, it's too, it's too hard to understand. No one knows. How, no, no, no one really knows. But we know this, that remember in Daniel we're studying that the, the Lord told Daniel, that, or the angel told Daniel, oh, seal it up, right? You know, um, you know, but later on, you know, they'll understand it later on. We talked about that in our studies last year. You can catch it on, online if you missed it. But in our study of Daniel, well, Revelation doesn't come with any of those instructions. Like, Well, seal it up, John. You know, uh, no one's going to understand until the end. No, it's right here open for us because God is saying, hey, inviting us to read it, inviting us to get into it. So some churches say, oh, it's not understandable. Oh, I, I don't want to get into it. Or some churches are like, it's too controversial. And, and And we'll get into a little bit about that. And I'll talk about that and some views and things like that. But you know what? God is inviting us to read it. God is inviting us to get into it right here, and it comes with this blessing. So know this. You know, commit to coming here and studying Revelation. Know this. You will be blessed in this. God promises it right here. You know what's sad? The Anglican church in um, at the denomination in England, to this day, does not put Revelation into its readings for the church, they won't put it in there. But you know what? I'm here today standing saying, No, we're going to do it. You're gonna do it. I don't care what anyone else says. I'm excited about this. And and you know what? Look, God says, Blessed is the one. Blessed are us. Yeah? We're gonna be blessed, you guys, for getting into this. So so here's this blessing. The blessing comes to verse three to the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy in verse three. What's he saying? Well, in the early church, if you remember these books in our New Testament were really like letters, right? They're documents and and as we go into this we'll see this is this is sort of like put into like a letter format like in the ancient times. Like in 2 Thessalonians I explained to you it was in the format of the ancient letters of how they wrote it. Well, this is what this long book for us, right, is really like a letter. So this Revelation, what John wrote down, would be uh, sent to the churches and, and passed around and read. And so the blessing is to those who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, who read this letter, who who actually open this book, so to speak, for us here today. And then secondly, it says here in verse three, "And blessed are those who hear." The word "hear" in the Greek means listen attentively. In other words, who really listen, really get into this book, who really, what, study this book, who, who are really trying to f- listen to what the words of, of God, what He's trying to say to us, what He's communicating to us. And so we're blessed to get into this study on top of that. And the third thing we see here is, is blessed is those who keep what is written. And keep means to like obey. Uh, it also means to like guard and protect. And so if you put all that together, it's like, oh yeah, be sure that we are obeying, that, that we're following and listening to what God is saying to us here. That That's the idea. So what we're doing here, what we're beginning here today, and the, the rest of these weeks and months, we're going to be in the book of Revelation. We're going to be blessed because we're reading it here. We're studying it. We're hearing it. We're going to keep, we're going to learn. And I want you guys to apply these things that we learn right now. Here and I love it at the anniversary four the time is near we got to do that we got to read we got to hear we got to study we got to keep and obey this because you know what God is saying the time is. Near and again, you might be thinking, "Well, wait, this was written two thousand years ago, and and why, why near? What do you mean near? I mean, the early Christians they lived in a way that they in a way that um, they expected Jesus to come at any moment. Yeah, um, they are faithful in that, and and I'll tell you today, I think the time is near because of all the signs we see in the world right now. I think it's very near. It's not like Uh, before and it's things that are happening that's never happened before that are really lining up and setting the setting the stage for Christ's coming so when he says the time is near just understand remember with god right he's not in time like second peter 3 8 says but do not overlook this fact beloved that with the lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day right God's out, out, outside of time in eternity. And so, uh, you know, near means, yeah, near to Him. So He's saying, hey, it's near. And I'll tell you, it's near. It's near in us today who are living in this realm of time. So, listen, we don't know when exactly it's going to be. But in expectation, we look for that day. And I think that's more the feeling here. The time is here. So in expectation, we want to learn what's written in this book. We want to grow in it. We want to study. We, we, we want this to affect our lives. Today we live in unprecedented times and so the stage is set. I'm, I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready to be with Jesus. I want, to be, I want to be with Him right now, with Him. And that's what this book will stir up inside of us because this is really about Jesus, His glory, who He is. And so let's study revelation and 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 make it that, and I say this because you know there's many of us in here, and i i 'm one of them, uh, I would say i 'm a prophecy buff, yeah i I love prophecy, I like to get into it, right I love it, but be careful that 's not what it all is right right i I like it because it gets me excited about. Jesus coming, I want to be with Jesus. That's what it should be. I've met many people who, who prophecy is like their thing and they're into it, but it's not so much about Jesus. They just like, like the entertainment of it. Oh, look, the Bible says this and it's happening here. Ooh, that's exciting, you know? And, but it doesn't affect their lives. This book all this The prophecies that are in here, the words that are in here should affect our lives. Our lives should be changed when we're reading this book. Our love for Jesus should grow deeper. And I'll tell you one more thing. A friend of mine who's actually going through, through this too, teaching his Bible study, you know what, he's telling me a couple times on the phone, he's just weep, weeping, almost weeping, telling me, you know, Rick, as I read this, as we're studying like this chapter and that chapter we're talking about, he, he's like, I, oh, my heart breaks for the people in this world. And I'll tell you, that's how it should affect us too, that we grow in compassion for the lost, that they will come to know Jesus before all these events unfold. So let this study not so much satisfy your appetite for end-time prophecy, but let it give you an even greater thirst for Jesus Christ. So... Here's the special message God is giving to us today. He's unveiling all of this, the future to us. Let's go on to number two, the special greeting. With this introduction of this special message comes the special greeting. And here we're going to cover verses four through six. And let's read that right now. It says, John to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and was and who is to come from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the kings on earth to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. Verse six, and made us a kingdom priest to his God and father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So in this section, we see now the typical format of the ancient letters. Basically, when it says in verse 6, John, John's the writer here. He's not necessarily the author, but he's the writer because he just told us from verse 1 through 3 that really it's God's special message to us. So, but John's writing this down. He's the one who bore witness. He's the one who's testifying to this, that this is from Jesus and from God. And and so John is that author. So in typical ancient letters, that's who it's from. And then he says, it's to the seven churches that are in Asia. So this book of revelation specifically was originally written to the seven churches now in asia asia uh, in ancient time was the area of turkey and and with that we see seven churches and and i believe first of all literally it was to literally seven churches if you look at verse 11 they're listed Verse 11 says, write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches. Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sidus, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And later in chapter 2 and 3, we'll see specific uh, letters and words Jesus is going to have to these churches. So, so literally, this was two these seven churches. Now there were more churches in that area. There's more more churches all around. So why is it spe- specifically seven? Well, we're going to see that seven, the number seven, used many times. And and in the Bible, and this is the Jewish thought, is that the word seven is 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 the number of completion. So God, you know, made the world and rested on the seventh day. Everything happened in seven days. So to them, that was the word of completion. So in this sense, we're going to see seven kind of used in a way that, that yeah, seven churches, but it's really for all the churches. It's, it's, it's really just a complete number sort of just representing all the churches there that this letter is going to be passed around. But also, I believe, it's going to be passed down through the centuries, right? That's why it's here. So through the centuries, churches read this, and today we're reading this today. So it's for us today, too. So that's that idea of the seven, uh, the word, the number seven there, that throughout the ages, this is going to be for all the churches, completely for them. And then with the usual greeting, John says here, usually in the letters we've seen in our studies in the New Testament, next is this greeting, this wish, right? Grace to you and Peace and, and, and that's what we need every day. We've covered that many times and, and in our studies and in the letters of Paul and in our last two books in 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. We went over grace and peace. But here it is, the usual greeting. But we need that from God. It's important of, of that grace and peace. And then it says, it comes from him. Who is, who was, and who is to come from the seven spirits who are before His throne. So first of all, who is, and who was, and who is to come, we're talking about the eternal God, right? Who, who Who is, He's existing, who was, who existed in the past, and who is to come in the future. God is going to come in the future. And specifically, I believe it's referring to the Heavenly Father, the eternal Heavenly Father. And then it says, the and from the seven spirits who are before His throne. Now, there's some differing opinion exactly what that is. Maybe it's angels, maybe it's this. But I believe in context, because the next person we're going to see is Jesus, I believe it speaks of the Holy Spirit. And with the number seven there, again, it's that number of completion. And this speaks uh, about the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So I believe that's what it's talking about. So first, the Eternal Father. Secondly, the Holy Spirit. And then, if you look at verse uh, uh, five and from Jesus Christ. So there now, there's the third person of the Trinity, the Son of God, who is now it's described. Now it's expanded here. John expands here. The faithful. Witness, and what that means is that Jesus is the faithful witness of the truth of God John one one in the beginning was the Word, right Jesus represented God and the preached the Word of God and represented the Word of God perfectly and wonderfully, for he is the word it 's all about him and then John says here in ver, uh, verse five, uh, the firstborn from the dead what 's that talking about? Jesus was the first to be resurrected in the way that we would give us salvation and our own new life and resurrection. That's what that's talking about. It's not talking about that he was created. No, many times firstborn is really talking about the position, the like the firstborn son, the position of that son, how the firstborn son will receive inheritance. So in that way, that's what this is talking about, his position in the first one. To be resurrected in the way of bringing that same resurrection in our own lives in salvation, and then it says the ruler of kings on the earth. We know, right? Jesus is is the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. We're going to see that at the end, in the incredible end when He comes and brings victory over and the the antichrist's armies in the world and sets up rule and reign on the earth. And then I love this: to Him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by His blood. So John's beginning now to turn into this praise, yeah? uh, this this giving worship and glory to Jesus. And then he says to Him who loves us and freed us. And I, I love that, you guys. You know Jesus loves us, right? You know He freed us from our sins when He died on the cross and rose again from the dead. And 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 I love this. Just stop here and think about this. As we get into this book of Revelation, as we get into an unveiling of His deity, His holiness, and His majesty, we're still reminded that Jesus is the one who died on the cross for us to set us free. He's the one. And today, you can be free. You can be forgiven. Maybe you're connected online. You, let me tell you, you can be freed. You can be forgiven. You can have Jesus in your heart. This is why He came the first time. And this is why, why, why He's here right now speaking to us because He loves us and He loves you. Know that. Jesus, his, we're going to see Him as King of kings, Lord of lords, God in all, all His deity. He's going to bring judgment. But you know what? He loves us. He loves us. He's our Savior too. And that's why he goes on here. Uh, John goes on verse 6. He made us a kingdom. In other words, he brought us all together to be people of God, a kingdom of God, priests to his God and Father. You know what that's talking about? Is, you remember uh, in the Old Testament, only the priests were allowed to go into the temple. Only the priests were allowed that connection with God. But now through Jesus we are all priests in a sense we all can go directly to God Himself. There's no in-between now. Because of, He died on a cross and rose again. Because of His provision for our sins, we have that connection. And that's huge, you guys. There's nothing in-between now because we have Jesus. So, we, we are priests in that way and we're and like as priests um, would speak for God, so we are too. And then verse 6, um, John just breaks out, Be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Glory to God and dominion in others. Power and rule and reign upon this King Jesus. Amen. So he just breaks out into this praise, this, this do- doxology, uh, sometimes it is termed in that way. So no wonder. So this is our wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus God who is giving us this special message, but also a special greeting. And I want you to key back into grace and peace. This is Jesus who is saying grace upon you, peace upon you. This is the Jesus, our, our awesome Lord God, but at the same time our Savior who loves us. And you know what? We're going to see this unveiling of Jesus and all of his deity, but at the same time, he's our Savior, you guys. Turn over, um, uh, I don't have it on the screen, but turn over to Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5, verse 6 just a few page over, and we'll take a peek of what we'll see down the road. But Revelation chapter 5, verse 6, it says, And between the throne and the four living creatures among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain, with seven horns, there's that number, seven eyes, which are seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. We'll cover the seven part later. But notice the first part of verse 6. I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain. Now, we're going to see Jesus is the lion, the tribe of Judah, the king, right? But in this scene in heaven, John looks up and sees Jesus as though it had been slain. And some translations talk about as though it had just happened. And so from that verse is the idea that even into eternity, Jesus carries the scars of his crucifixion on the cross. And, uh, and, and that really, really hits me because I, I, I see that there. And, and it, it tells me that Jesus, the lion, the Lord God, the Almighty, the one who's bringing judgment, the one who's going to take over and defeat all the enemies, the Antichrist, he's the same Lamb of God who died for my sins. And that touches me. And if Jesus is that same one who died for me, he's going to keep me from that fiery end of the world. He's going to keep me from the wrath of God and the judgment that comes. That, that's what I see here. So in this special greeting, he says, grace and peace from God, from Jesus. Saying grace unto you, peace unto you. He's not saying, well, you better watch out. I'm coming. Yeah. I'm coming. You better watch out. You better not no, but right, you know, you better be good, because, no. no, he's he's saying, I'm coming, but don't worry, I'm going to protect you, don't worry, I'm there with you, don't worry, Yeah, I died for you, with that grace and peace, that's what I see, so, take comfort, this special greeting says, take comfort that the loving Jesus in the Gospels is the same awesome and holy Jesus in Revelation, take comfort in that, you know, I, I yesterday, I woke up, and I looked out the window and there's a little rain. There's a rainbow. And, and, uh, and the rainbow's real special to me because I was going through some trials years ago and God was speaking to me about that. Don't worry, there's, there's, there's hope, you know, beyond the rainbow. And it was, it was, it was just, it's real special. And I looked down and I saw the rainbow and, 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 and it just speaks to me every time and seems to appear when I need that too, which is awesome. But, you know, originally the rainbow was what? After the flood, right? And it was God's sign of promise that he'll never bring a flood like that onto the earth. And so think about, that's our, the rainbow is like Jesus saying, hey, no, you're not under judgment. We talked about it in Thessalonian studies, right? It, it's all right. I'm covering you. I'm here. And that same Jesus we're going to see in his, his glory and his power, right? He's your savior. No fear at all. There's a hymn by Matthew Bridges called Crown Him with Many Crowns. And there's a mix of this thought here. It says, crown him with many crowns, the Lamb upon his throne. Hark how the heavenly anthem drowns, all music but its own. Awake my soul and sing of him who died for me, and hail him as thy matches King through all eternity. And then the next verse says, Crown Him the Lord of love. Behold His hands inside. Rich wounds, yet visible above. In beauty glorified. I love that. This is our Jesus. The one who says grace and peace to you. This is the one who's comforting you right now. You know, we're going to see just crazy things, right? Maybe even fearful things to you. But Jesus is the one who died for you. And He's your Lord and Savior. He's the one who's caring for you. Perhaps, maybe um, you're here today, and maybe, maybe, may, maybe you've been beaten down lately. Maybe, maybe you've been emotionally abused, and 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 you feel like you feel bad. You feel like nobody. You you, you feel like oh, oh, like like I can't do anything right. Maybe you're feeling like that. Perhaps. You know, when, and then whenever you read something about God and His judgment and all that, you, it just brings great condemnation. You feel even smaller. Know this today. You're safe with Jesus. You have worth in God's eyes. He died for you. And He's going to protect you. He's going to be with you. Maybe at first you're like, Oh, but know this today. Jesus comes with grace and Peace. No, oh, you better watch out. You better better toe the line here. No, it comes with grace and peace. What's going to happen in the world is on the world. But for us, we're going to see, we're going to be there in heaven. We're going to see some scenes in there where we see the church in heaven. Little Riley Ann loves her grandma. Always excited to see grandma, our our granddaughter. Uh, But me, grandpa, sometimes not. (laughs) Sometimes she, she's handed over to me and she kind of looks at me and makes that face, and uh, you know. But then, maybe it's my low man voice, you know, talking to her. Maybe, maybe but, you know, then, then I just kind of mess with her. Oh, it's okay, you know, right? And, and, and I love on her, smile real big, and then, and then she's okay. But notice with, with, as we get into this book, you know, there's no fear in this. Jesus The one we see is the lion is still the lamb who died on the cross for you. And that's why we see grace and peace. So this is the Jesus who gives a special greeting, grace and peace to you as he is unveiling the future. Let's go to number three now. Number three is the special preview. The special preview. Last two verses here now. It says here in verse 7, just verse 7, Behold, He is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see Him. Even those who pierced Him, all the tribes of the earth wail on account of Him. Even so. Amen. So this is a preview of of really what's going to happen. Spoiler alert. This is what is being given here right now. Jesus will come in the clouds. And I believe first and foremost, this is talking about when he returns at the end of the tribulation is the Shekinah, glory, the presence, and power of God. Also, uh, clouds many times speak of the army. And I think uh, as we've studied in Matthew, you know what? It's the saints coming down with him. And notice that it says, every eye will see him. Everyone in the world. This is going to be public. When he was born, it was private in that, that little stable. No, no one knew, right? Except angels and, and, and uh, that announced to some shepherds and the family. How's it? But here, the whole world is going to know this and see this. Even those who pierced him, and, and that's, that's a reference to the, the Jewish people, basically, who were responsible for his death on the cross. And, but all the tribes of the earth, everybody on the earth will wail on account of him. Why? They're going to see that Jesus is real. Jesus is true. And that judgment is coming upon them because they did not believe and rejected God. That's why they're going to be wailing here. So the whole world will see Jesus return in all his power and glory. The one they had rejected. And they're going to see the truth. Paul says, right, in Philippians 2, that every knee shall bow. Everyone will eventually, if not now, later everyone the whole world which all of this brings us to our theme because verse 7 is like our theme verse behold he's coming with the clouds every eye will see him this is like our theme verse And, and and so the main event again in revelation really is the revealing of jesus and his second coming so this is our theme The Majestic Return of Jesus Christ. I always give you a theme to our books, and this is the theme for this whole book. It all builds up to this. All the events are surrounding this. All the events come to this peak of the Majestic Return of Jesus Christ. Verse 8 now, our last verse this morning. Then, Jesus is quoted here, saying, I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord, who is and was and who is to come, the Almighty. So here's Jesus now. Jesus is, it's, it's as if Jesus picks up the pen and starts writing. It's as if Jesus says, look, let, let, let me sign up here. He says, I am the Alpha and Omega. Alpha and Omega, the first and last letters in the Greek alphabet. So he's saying, I'm the beginning. I'm the end. He's, he, from start to finish, it's Jesus. He's the eternal one from start to finish. He's, he's, he's the, the one who, who is, who was, who is to come. And, Think about that. That was said earlier, right? Uh, In, in, um, where was was that? Verse 4? Yeah, verse 4. Talking about the Father. And here's Jesus saying, I'm eternal also. So here Jesus saying, Hey, I'm the eternal God. I'm the eternal God also. And then who is? He says, the Almighty, and that word really speaks about the Almighty, powerful, omnipotent God. So here's the Lord Jesus. This is who is coming again God. Uh, it's the same thing we see in Isaiah 48, 12, 13. Listen to me, O Jacob and Israel, whom I called. I am He. I am the first. I am the last. My hand laid the foundation of the earth. My right hand spread out the heavens. When I call to them, they stand forth together. That's Jesus. Jesus saying, this is me. I'm God. I'm the one who's coming. The first and last, the eternal, omnipotent God. So the, this is a special preview in all of this, in this majestic return of Jesus and what we're seeing in these last two verses this morning. And this special preview says this, the events that surround the return of the Lord Jesus Christ is found right here in the book of Revelation. And that's the preview. That's what we're seeing. We're going to see here. You know, before I was a Christian, I don't know about you guys, I remember reading in the paper when I was small. Reading in the paper, uh, every day they had the horoscope, right? And, and, and I'm looking at the paper, oh, the horoscope. I kind of got interested in, oh, it was interesting how stars and things like that, and, you know, would tell you what kind of person you are and what's in store for you for that day. And, and, you know, people are obsessed, right, of the future. Some people, uh, they, they want to know what fate has for them. Or they seek out, you know, tarot card readers or, or psychics, palm readers. And I always think that's funny, you know, reading your palm. How does that really make any sense there? Or we feed on the futuristic movies. Oh, maybe it's going to be like that. Or some people get into a whole occult trying to figure out the future, Crystal balls or, you know, going to con- seances, consulting the dead. But, you guys, we have something here from someone who is alive. That's Jesus. It's God. God knows the future. He's the only one. He's the only one. Um, you know, all the paranormal um, seance stuff, uh, to me, it's, a tricks, it's tricks of the devil and demons. That's all it is. So don't fall for it. But look to Jesus. Look to what we're going to read in here, right? Look to what He says about the future and what He unveils to us and reveals to us. And we've got to keep that in mind because time is short. Things will get way out of control. And so it's important that even as we start today, that we begin to do all we can to love Jesus and to prepare ourselves to get right before God. As we study this book. We don't want this book just to inform us. yeah, Tell us. But we want this book to prepare us. For what's coming. Dietrich Bonhoeffer once wrote. We live each day as if it were our last. And each day as if there was a great future. Because of Jesus Christ. I love that balance there. I want to close with this. There was a great preacher in in Scotland. Named Thomas. Chalmers. in In his early days, he was pastor in a small church. But you know, funny thing, back then he wasn't even saved. But here's he's this pastor, and he considered leaving the pastor to be a, a professor of mathematics. And one time, he wrote a note, just kind of flippantly saying, "Oh, I I did the pastor stuff for two days. The rest, you know, I focus in on on math." Well, later he did get saved. He came to Jesus Christ. But then that note that he had written so many years ago had found its way to this accuser who wanted to get him fired. So his accuser confronted him uh, uh, around, uh, in front of everybody and says, Did you write this note? Did you write this, sir? And Chalmers stood up and said, Yes, sir. He rose to his feet and explained, I wrote it, strangely blinded as I was. In those days, I aspired to be a professor of mathematics at the University of Edinburgh. But, he goes on to say, in those unregenerate days, I had forgotten two magnitudes. I had forgotten the shortness of time and I had forgotten the length of eternity. And that's that thought, you guys. Time is short. Our days here, it is is numbered. Whether Jesus delays and we live to an old age, it's numbered. But eternity is going to be forever off of that. So let that, Thought as we leave today, be in our minds as we start this book that we're gonna be with this awesome Lord God Jesus one day in eternity. And there's gonna be some events that are gonna transpire here that you know what? We we need to be be, be understanding that, to be witnesses and even before we go home to heaven in the rapture to be with Jesus. We got to be preparing our hearts, knowing the shortness of time and the length of eternity and prepare accordingly. So let's do this as we get into this book and as Jesus begins his unveiling the future. Let's pray. Lord, as we come before you, we thank you, God, for this morning. We thank you that We started this book, Lord. We began something, Lord, that you gave to the church that you're giving to us today as believers. And help us, God, be serious in it. Help us to be inspired by it. Help us, God, to know that at the same time you're this awesome, holy, uh, majestic God, that you are Savior at the same time. Thank you, Lord, that you love us and you care for us. And I pray, God, that as we come before you right now, that we would get right with you, Lord. That as we start this book and we go forth this week into this life, that we would be reminded that you are coming soon. Time is near. And once things start, they're going to go. They're going to roll. And we don't want to be caught unprepared. So let our lives be for you, God. Let our lives be about you, Jesus. And let us live them out, God, with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength as we love you in the same way. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand and worship the Lord.